When does a walk become a hike? And if you're going on a hike, are there things that you should think about that maybe you don't need to think about when you're walking through your neighborhood? On the Weekly Walk Podcast, Eric and I are gonna dig in to our definition of what a hike is, and we're gonna share some stories and some things that we think that you should think about as we encourage you to open up the world of hiking. So lace up your sneakers, head to a trail, and let's get going. Welcome to the Weekly Walk Podcast, the perfect podcast to take with you on a 30-minute walk. I'm Joyce, the pack leader here at 99 Walks, and each week, my husband and co-founder, Eric, and I explore tools, tactics, research, and random stories to help you keep moving forward and creating a life you love. Hey, Eric. Hey, Joyce. So yesterday, I took a walk with Helen and Gina, and we started at Barcelona, but then we did that loop kind of off the dirt road. Was that a walk or a hike? Maybe it was a wike. A wike? Or a hulk. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You think? You think we need a new word? Yes. So when I was out hiking in Utah last week, or the week before last, I actually asked our guides and the other women on the trip, I was like, so what does everybody think is the difference between a walk and a hike? And it made some for some really interesting conversation. And what, what did people say? Some people said it's about location. And some people said it's about intention. And several people were like, huh, that's a good question. I don't know. I tomato, th- tomato. Potato, potato. Let's, <laughs> Let's call, call the, the whole thing, thing off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know what? What? The dictionary? Uh-huh. No help at all. What, did the di- what does the dictionary say? A hike is a long walk, especially for pleasure or exercise. And a walk? Is an act or instance of going on foot, especially to exercise or for pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so according to the dictionary definitions you found... The only difference I can see is long, is yeah. the addition of... So what's long? Long, it's more than short. <laughs> right, it's so interesting to sort of think about this. And we use the terms kind of intentionally. It's not like we most of us use them interchangeably. It's like we all have ideas about it, but the ideas are totally inconsistent. Yeah, and I think I think for me there's a lot to do with that intent. I mean, that's just that's the crux of it, the matter. I don't think that's the crux of the matter. What I think, think that's part the... of it. If you go for a long walk, let's say you go out for a 30-minute walk down 5th Avenue in New York City. Is that a hike? No, that's a walk. So it's not just intention, it's also setting. What if you walk the length of Manhattan? It's like 12 miles. Is that a walk or a hike? I, I think it's a walk. So in that context, you're saying it's strictly a question of time and distance. So if you walk 
um, if you walk two miles, it's a walk. And if you walk 10 miles, it's a hike. So it's just distance. I was just posing the question. <laughs> I, I didn't have a dog in that fight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I say that we come up with a definition. Okay. What do you think? I think that I think we should. Okay. So in my mind, a hike involves both elements of location and time. So I think a hike has to be on a trail, not on a road with cars and other things. I think there's got to be an element of being in nature. Can we accept that? uh, Well, here's where there's gray. I guess if it's, I'm thinking if it's a dirt road, but if it's a dirt road and it's kind of going through nature, I'll take that as nature. So yes, we can we can accept that. So well, you're disagreeing. So what's your definition? No, I was just I was just playing devil's advocate a little bit. So okay. let's go with it. I, I'm trying to come up with an, a workable definition. Got it. Okay. So why don't you try? Because I thought I had one, but you already don't like it. Go. <laughs> no, I'm working with you. So location. So how would you describe the location of a hike versus a walk? In nature. And I think that means on a trail outside of a road with cars and vehicles and stuff. I, that's, that's where I come out. Like if, you, if you can flag down a car and say, hey, I'm tired. Can you drive me to the gas station so I could get... A bag of Cheetos and a Mountain Dew, you're not on a hike. Well, now you're adding a whole nother element, which is away from away from other people. Well, well, in nature, you can be with other people, but I'm I'm going along with with your definition in nature. And then adding the time element. Does a hike have to be a certain amount of time? My inclination is not necessarily. Okay. I think you can go on a short hike. How short is short? 15 to 20 minutes. So if that's the case, okay. Uh, Okay. What about you? What do you think? Well, again... I think these terms and these uh, definitions are somewhat artificial, but I think that there are certain uh, considerations that we would like to talk about around uh, things you should think about if you're going on a hike. So in order to sort of have that construct, I do kind of feel that uh, we need a definition Got it. So in nature, for a longish period of time. And probably there's some flexibility around what's longish because what's uh, I mean I've gone on hikes everything from thirty or forty minutes to five hours. Yeah, and I've gone on hikes from thirty or forty minutes mm-hmm. to all day. So. I've gone on hikes that are all day, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 
and I I think there is sort of a time frame around that. You, it, it, I think this is bringing us into intention, but I think that longer time frame sort of ties into intention as well. How so? In that you intend to go out for a while. Your intention is to be out for a while. Particularly if you're going on a walk, you can go on a 10-minute walk, which is great. You can go on a 20-minute walk. You can go on a 10-minute walk, and after three minutes, turn around and turn it into a six-minute walk. <laughs> you can go out for a hike and intend to go out for two hours and turn around after five minutes. Yeah, but then that's like a failed hike. <laughs> There's no such thing. Is that a failed walk, then, if you turn around after three minutes on a walk? No. So how can you have a failed hike and not have a failed walk? It's about the intention. What? <laughs> I'm off. I'm off on a on a tangent. So let's. What let's, are you trying to say? That hikes are intended to be a little longer, and that's that's part of the difference. All right. So. What I really wanted to have the opportunity to get into, but we needed to know, we, we needed to kind of reach some agreement about what we were talking about in order to talk about some of the different considerations when you head out on a hike versus when you head out on a walk. So longer and in nature, I think, are sort of the, Ear, the earmarks. earmarks of a hike. I think that's right. So... Well, I also think, let me let me take a little bit of a side trip, if you'll indulge me. And that is, I do think that once people accept the idea that they've gone on a hike, that they've gone off road a little bit longer, I think it opens up a whole new world of where you can take your walks. If you start to say, wait, I am somebody who can hike. We see that in 99 walks in the in the Facebook group all the time. People who are have started a regular walking practice and then sort of discover that they can now hike and it's like a paradigm shift for them. Exactly, this idea that your two legs can take you out of your neighborhood off the sidewalk into the trails. We have so many trails around where we live where we rarely go, but we could. Absolutely. So let's talk for a few minutes about some of the things that we that we should think about, that people should think about before they head out for a hike. Preparation. Uh, well, I mean, there's a, there's a whole list, knowing where you're going, well, blah, blah, blah. Right. That's the point. <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> so I think a hike takes some more preparation. I mean, you have a, you have a lot of experience in this kind of uh, uh, activity. Yep. And the whole point is to try to share some of that. Sure. So having a plan. What is that? What does that mean? Knowing what route you're going on. So a map or at least having access to a map. One of the things that we do now is a lot of places when you go to a trailhead to start a hike, there will be a map right there. 
and I'll just take a picture of it, and then I can look at it on my phone. I don't need a paper map. But having that map and keeping it with you. So taking a moment at the start, especially of a trail that you're unfamiliar with, there are usually signs. I'm going to emphasize this even though you just said it. There's usually a sign, usually often with a map. Sometimes it's color-coded. Take a moment, look at the map, and take a picture of it. And then there will often be trail markers along the way. So if you say, I'm doing the blue trail or the yellow trail, and then you look for blue or yellow trail markers. Which does raise a question about whether or not that in and of itself helps to define a uh, a hike versus, if you're following trail markers, I think you're on a hike. Do you remember when Mason was really little, when our son was really little, and we used to put him in the backpack and take him on hikes, and his job was to spot the trail markers? He would be up in the backpack with a juice box and a Twizzler or two, <laughs> looking for those trail markers. He got so excited when he would find them. There, often, often we would see them, of course, but we didn't say anything until he did. So following, learning where you're going, following those trail markers, uh, being willing, this is really key, being willing to talk to other people who you might come across on a trail and say, which way do I go? <laughs> We had we had this experience this summer. We were on a hike to some hot springs out in California. It's exactly what I was just thinking about. Yeah. And it was not well defined or clear and whatever map we had. I think like we downloaded all trails. I'm going to talk about all trails for yeah, sure. But we still couldn't figure it out. Could not figure it out. And we asked people and finally they told us and it was simple following their directions, but it was not simple on our own. We asked several people. So the first two people we asked had no idea either, but they were intrigued by the conversation. So now the four of us were standing around trying to figure it out. So All Trails is a really wonderful app that gives you all kinds of maps. There's a free version and there's a paid version. I don't remember how much it is, not super expensive, really, really helpful. In fact, you didn't have all trails on your phone and you downloaded it while we were on that hike to try to find that path, that trail, which still was a little mysterious. Yeah. And then I'm thinking about the time we were hiking in Utah uh, two springs ago and the trail made a left and we just missed it. (laughs) Got an extra bonus mile in because we went a little too far. So I that might be the other part of a hike is be prepared to make mistakes. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that because uh, often if you're on a hike and this goes to being perhaps a little bit cautious where you're going, you may very well be out of cell phone range. So this goes to one element of preparation tell someone where you're going absolutely and this brings up the rock in a hard place guy right the guy who got stuck in a slot canyon so aaron ralston got stuck in a slot canyon 
Uh, and the story is horrible. He survives, yes. so we'll just leave it at that. But if you had told someone, or even just leave a note on the windshield of your car that says, I am hiking the... Blue Trail. The Blue Trail around Lake Winnemucca. I'll be back Tuesday the 18th at 3 p.m. <laughs> and if somebody comes by and your car is there Wednesday the 19th at 9 a.m., they're going to think you're in trouble, and they will probably do something about it. Well, uh, or if somebody else, right? If somebody, if you, if somebody else realizes you're not around, and people go looking for you, they find your car, they see the note, they know what trail you're on, and they can track you down. I've never in my life left a note on my windshield. Have you ever actually done that? Yes. That's weird. Yeah. Not a bad idea, but weird to me. But at the very least. Phone a friend. <laughs> Tell I, someone where you're going. I may have done that before cell phones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I may I may have chipped my path into a rock with a hammer and a chisel. <laughs> Back in the Stone Ages. Yes. All right. A hike requires a little bit more preparation as well. In addition to having some idea where you're going. Though, honestly, sometimes I don't like to have the entire route planned out. So sometimes I am willing to follow the trail markers with a little bit less, a little bit more freedom in that. But preparation as far as what you bring with you. Yeah. Be prepared for the unexpected. You want to tell the story of Mount Washington? So years ago, Eric and I hiked Mount Washington in... Uh, Vermont. Vermont? New, New, New Hampshire. Hampshire. I said that. I was like, that's not right. In New Hampshire. And it, I, you know, it's not Mount Everest. So <laughs> I was not anticipating. Everybody says it's it's challenging and it's long and the weather can change. I was skeptical. And when you packed up and you encouraged me to bring a raincoat, two layers of fleece, a lightweight puffy coat, and I, I don't even know what else. And I was like, you're crazy. Because it was a beautiful spring day when we when we started out. And it's, I don't know, maybe it's six hours? Uh, up and down? Up and down? Yeah, it's, it's usually about four or five hours up and two or three down, give or take. So, and at the top, just to be clear, there's a parking lot and a restaurant. So it's not <laughs> like you're hiking into the absolute wilderness. And during the course of that single spring day, it was hot and sunny. It rained, it snowed, it sleeted, and then it was sunny again. And I wore everything that was tucked in that backpack. So keep an eye on the weather and be prepared. Water, a way to communicate, a few layers of clothing to stay warm. You just don't know what's going to happen. And 98% of the 99.5% of the time, you're going to be totally fine. But some weather can come in. All kinds of things can happen. Yeah, that 1% of the time, you're going to be really glad you have that extra gear with you. So the next thing is understanding a little bit of your local environment. And I had a really unpleasant conversation with somebody. We were traveling 
and I wanted to uh, swim in the ocean off of this particular beach. And I went to somebody who worked there and I said, is there anything I should know about this beach and this ocean? Like, is there stuff in the water? I shouldn't swim around. Is there sea creatures I need to be aware of? Are there sharpie, sharpie sea urchins to not step on? I thought it was a really reasonable question and I got a really snotty response from this guy that was sort of like, just swim in the ocean. (laughs) He was so dismissive. But if you are hiking someplace that is at all unfamiliar to you, I'll give you a for instance, I won't hike in our community in the summer. Why not? Why not? You know why not. I know why not. Ticks. We have a major tick problem. So there are dozens of trails I will not step on until it snows or until at least it's very, very cold. Yeah, a couple of good hard frosts. And even that does not entirely reduce the t- reduce the tick risk to nothing, but it gets it low enough that I'm willing to take that chance. Right. So you do need to have an idea of what's happening locally. Out in California, I almost stepped on a rattlesnake one day. I almost ne- stepped on a copperhead in the Catskills. Remember okay. that? That was t- that was I freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> but you do need to so ask, get the information. Most of these challenges can be managed. Most of the risks can be avoided. But you got to know what they are. It's like when we were oh, we were out in, I think, uh, Wyoming, mm-hmm. and there was a sign that basically said, don't run. Don't go running. And then I spoke with somebody, and he said that they call runners fast food because the bears like to chase them. Bears and mountain lions. Oh, my. (laughs) Oh, my. So the moral of the story is ask the questions. And I'm not saying this to keep you home because I want everybody out exploring. But there are things that you should think about. And what about, going back to equipment, what about footwear? Like there's a difference between walking shoes and hiking shoes, right? There is a difference, but there's definitely... Uh, some gray area in there as well because now there are trail runners that are really comfortable but kind of grippier. Yeah, I just keep picturing this Venn diagram with the circles where you push the circles together and the overlap. I know what a Venn diagram is. I know, I'm sharing (laughs) with, for anybody who doesn't. There are people, everybody went to elementary school. I didn't learn about Venn diagrams in elementary school. Where did you learn about Venn diagrams? I... After college, I really? think in life. Yeah, I don't think I was ever taught about Venn diagrams. All right, then we should All right, describe them again. So it's a circle representing walking, one circle representing hiking, and you can do this with anything, and you can do three circles and four circles. But then there's that overlap of common area. Uh, so you, if you have a white circle and a black circle, then you get that gray area where they overlap. So same thing with shoes. Hiking shoes, walking shoes. Like when we did that hike in California, I was wearing my CrossFit sneakers. They were not particularly good for that. Definitely not particularly good for that. And there definitely is some variation. And another piece to that, the shoe question or the footwear question is 
when we talk about the idea that hikes are typically longer than typical walks, don't go out on a big hike in shoes that you have not really tested. Oh, yeah. That happened to me once. I went actually on a climb up the Grand Teton. And I had my sort of hiking boots for the snow for the approach, but I'd never used them in snow. I'd hiked with them on rugged terrain. Turns out that these boots had the worst sole for snow, and I was slipping and sliding all over the place. Which is dangerous. It was dangerous and wasn't very fun. Yeah, so test drive your gear for sure. Anything else? Any other things that you need to do in preparation for what we are calling a hike? A walk off a road in nature of at least 30 minutes. That's my definition of a hike. It is not official, but that's mine for the day at least. I would also, if if you're new to this, and even if you're not, I would think about your capabilities and match the hike to your capabilities. Let's say you're you're comfortable going on two, three mile walks and all that. That's great. But a I think it's about four miles up the side of Mount Washington, and you might be like, oh yeah, I can walk three or four miles. Four miles up the side of Mount Washington is a completely different animal. Is that all it is? Yeah, it's it's like four miles. It's so hard. <laughs> That's because it's four miles long and 4,000 feet up. So know your capabilities and plan accordingly. There is a big difference when you start adding elevation to what you're doing. And notably, in my definition of a hike, which we're using today for what it's worth, there's no rule that a hike has to have a certain amount of elevation. And this was part of the conversation that came up when we were talking about the difference between a walk and a hike. Somebody posited, well, maybe a hike requires that you're going up and down. I don't necessarily think that it does, but absolutely keep in mind your ability. In fact, I was talking to somebody else and about some hiking ideas, and she said, I can do six miles in the woods as long as it's relatively flat. But when you start adding elevation, my capacity goes down dramatically. Okay, great to know about yourself. Yeah, so I, that also says wouldn't hurt to learn a little bit about map reading. I mean, we've talked about the locations, but maps have these contour lines and they represent hills and valleys and up and down on the trails and sort of understanding what those represents so okay is this is this trail going to be flat is it going to be up and down and then didn't you like do a, a hike out in utah where like you went down a, a good bit and then you had to come back up it was terrifying it was <laughs> straight down it was only a mile and uh, 1.2 miles, which is, I, I mean, I can, that, that's more than I do. I mean, I'm sorry, it's less than I do like when I'm walking the dog. 1.2 miles, I was like, oh, why? Why even get out of bed? And it was so hard. 
<laughs> so years ago, I was I was doing a climbing school, getting re into reintroduced to mountain climbing. So I went on a with a school trip or a climbing school, and you read the description, and it says we hike into this campground that's. 4.2 miles from the trailhead. And I'm like, 4.2 miles, that's not that far. So I was thinking, okay, should I bring the bigger tent that's heavier, but it'll be a little more comfortable for the four or five days, or the smaller one? And I'm like, ah, I can bring the bigger one. It was straight up. <laughs> I was dying by the time we got there. So yes, hills matter. Hills matter. And that raises a couple of a couple of points. Actually, opens the door to a conversation around guided hikes, and rangers, park rangers, all of the people. Because here's here's an interesting thing to think about. There are thousands and thousands of people out there who want to help you get into nature. They want to help you explore trails, start doing more hiking, take in all of the magnificent benefits of being in nature and seeing all the things. And I could go on and on. I'm not articulating it very well, but there are people that want you to do that. They want to introduce you to that. Take advantage of them. I sometimes feel like people are reluctant to ask questions and ask for advice when they're in an environment that they're not comfortable with. And that, that's that's the time that you need to do it. And there are groups, the parks nearby, they'll have hiking groups, they'll have- Guided hikes. Guided hikes, they'll nature walks, <laughs> you know, they, they call them. Nature and, walks, I think, fall in the, uh, in the gray area of your Venn diagram. Yeah, yep. And outdoor stores will have guided hikes and, and events and gatherings around this where people get together and learn. It is It opens up so many beautiful opportunities. So my advice is call yourself a hiker. Embrace that identity. Be willing to get off the sidewalk and into nature and see where it leads you. Hey, Joyce here, and I want to thank you for joining us for today's Weekly Walk podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode, and if you did, I would love it and so appreciate it if you would head over to iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen and rate us and review us. It really does mean everything. And if you want to learn a bit more about the incredible 99 Walks community, visit us at 99walks.fit or check out the 99 Walks Facebook group, which is an amazing group of women walking their way to better and supporting each other along the way. I look forward to seeing you there.